Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there and welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. You're listening to episode 31. Today we're talking with Katrina Lynch uh, about her adoption story. Welcome to the show, Katrina. Thanks very much. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it's uh, nice to have uh, a chat in the morning. Normally I do these at um, in the evening and yeah, it's, it's nice to uh, do it during the daytime. There you go. Thank, yeah, thanks very much for having me. No and, worries. Uh, yeah, really like your program. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for um, coming on and being a part of it. Um, <clears throat> so your adoption story, um, I guess normally there's a, a, a starting point. Some adoptees find out later in life or um, and that's where their story starts and they work backwards. But whereabouts does your story start? Yeah, so, yeah, hi, everyone. I'm Katrina. Uh, I am an adoptee. I'm 58 years of age, born in January 65, um, uh, the youngest of four adopted children, um, two brothers and a sister older than me. Uh, I don't ever remember not knowing I was adopted. Um, I don't remember that sit-down conversation, but I have always sort of in the back of my mind that it was, um, you know, you were and you were a special one and yeah um yeah I went with that for quite some time in my life but I don't actually remember the actual time of sitting down and having that conversation but I would have been very very young yeah cool so how was your childhood um and I mean that in regards to uh your thought processes and if you thought that you know you had any imagination about uh what it would have been like if you weren't adopted did you have any fantasies about what your birth parents or your birth family was like did you have anything like that going on oh ab- yeah absolutely um well obviously the youngest of four adopted children you know we don't look anything alike mm. um i'm fair and a sister that's got bright red hair and, and a brother that's got quite dark skin right. and then another brother 
you know, that looks different again. So, you know, no idiosyncrasies, don't look like, don't sound alike, mm -hmm. um, which is a obvious thing for most people. Um, yeah, look, it was a really good adoption, wonderful parents. Yep. Um, but I still always felt not part of that jigsaw. Right. So as much as, you know, there was lots of love there and yeah. there was lots of care, we didn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, not that that was a, a big problem, but yeah. I just always felt different and that's just, you know, that's all part of that whole um, scenario of, you know, why why am I different to everybody else? And I actually didn't want to be different like everybody yeah. else at school yeah. or in the street. I, I just wanted to be normal. Yeah. So I guess it sounds like... Um you couldn't really fake it to a degree because of the physical differences with your siblings? Oh, absolutely. We're just, we're just so different. And, and just, just our personalities are just, were nothing alike. Right. Uh, but, you know, there was a caring, it was a care, very caring and loving um, household. Yep. But um, it was never really once we knew we knew and then it was never a subject it was i think to me it was quite a, quite a taboo subject i never felt comfortable enough to approach mum dad was probably a quite a disciplinarian and yep. um quite that old school man yep so that was de definitely definitely not never discussed with him but yeah even with mum even though she was very open and vivacious and fun and bubbly she, there was it was just not a conversation that was to be had right what was it that uh, did you, or later in life, I guess, might have been uh, either a late teenager or a, a young adult, did you get an itch to start looking or how did you um, progress with the story? Okay, so, yeah, sorry, I didn't answer really qu your question earlier on about fantasy. Yeah, I always yep. had that fantasy or that dreaming of who I looked like, where I came from. Yep. Um, which is obviously very natural. Um, so moving forward, maybe when I was about 15, I really, really wanted to find out. But again, it was so difficult. You you know, there was closed records, so on and so forth yeah. then. Yep. Um, by the time I was 18, they were starting to open. Yep. Um, I was very keen to be part of that. Um, I did talk to mum about it. And she was, uh, let's just say she said that you can do that if you want, but we don't want to be part of it and, right. and I don't want your father to know, oh. which, which, which I felt was very harsh mm. because where they came from and I don't know where I come from. Yeah, and, and that's the question that's not answered, isn't it, until, until it all happens. Yeah, so uh, I suppose a lot of things happened prior to that that made me feel, you know, um, not good enough and that whole rejection and, yep. you know, the abandonment. Um, I had a couple of small, well, not small, very large actually, um, things that happened in my life, um, you know, cruel kids Yeah. in the area. Um, I was definitely the only adopted person at my primary school Yep. And there was only another one at primary, sorry, at high school. Um, so, yeah, kids can be quite cruel. I had a, an issue or a time where some kids at high school um, had locked me in a cupboard. 
yeah, for right. a whole day because I was adopted and it yeah. was horrific and it still sits with me now. Yeah, absolutely. And I also had a time, I think it was about 11 or 12, where there was a group of, you know, that age kids, maybe 10 of us, where a girl said, oh, you know, something to the effect of, oh, Katrina, what would you know? Your mother didn't even want you. And that has still stuck with me and I even feel emotional even speaking yeah. about that now. Yeah. And here we are, you know, 46 years on. Yeah. yeah but it's really stuck with me. Yeah. It's amazing how words can cut quite deep. Very. So, so I suppose yep. we got to a time in my life then I got, you know, I was then working um, and then I saved a fair bit of money and I travelled around Australia and then I went overseas. So that was for like a two-year period. Um, but, yeah, that was always in the back of my mind. Um, in that time, my biological father reached out to me. Yep. I just received a letter in the mail, okay. but I was overseas and my mum didn't give it to me until I came back. Right. Uh, um, which was fine. I understand yeah. that because I had only just gone overseas. Right. And two weeks later she received that letter in the mail from the Catholic Family Welfare to say that there was a gentleman looking for a child that was born on the 4th of January 1965. Right. Um, so the day I got back from overseas, so we're talking like, you know, another 14 months on from that letter, Yep. Um, I rang the Catholic Family Welfare and within a week I was already in there and got all my records. And wow. from there, the week later, I was talking to my biological father and it was amazing. Yeah, right. Absolutely amazing. So that was when I was, by that stage, I was 25. Yep. And um, I have had a relationship with him right up until last year when unfortunately he died of cancer. Right. Sorry to hear about that. But it's um, positive and I think it's the first time I've heard of a biological father looking for their Correct. children. Correct. And not having not having been a parent, I just assume when it said gentleman, oh, it must be just like a, you know, maybe it's a brother or a half-brother or something yeah. like that. I just, I didn't know that until now that I'm a parent, the love for a child. So, mm. uh, yeah, so his name's Tony. He or was Tony. Yep. Um, he had two daughters and a son as well mm -hmm. after me. Yep. Um, he was living in Victoria where I am, but 12 months later he moved to WA, but we still always saw each other a couple of times a year, yep. phone calls every week, photos, messages. Um, yeah, so that, that has been a wonderful experience yeah. and I am them. Yep. And they are my tribe. Yeah. And cool. there's no doubting that. Yeah, right. So um, tell us how... Yeah, we, First meeting went. How did that come about? Uh, so I was in an office in Carlton there with that Catholic Family Welfare. Um, they organised a time for him and I to talk. Yep. Um, so the phone call was made. You know, I got on the phone and had a little bit of a chat. He gave his surname. Oh, we weren't supposed to give out any identifying information. Right. And... Um, he in the conversation gave his surname okay where he lived right so in those days it was the old phone book yeah i just went down to the local uh post office looked up his name 
and I assumed he must be Anthony. If he was Tony, yep. found it straight away, drove to Geelong, and he pulled up. I pulled up one house away from him, probably <laughs> enough, from his house, and next minute he pulled up in front of me and got out with his son. Wow. And, and that was the first time that I'd ever seen anybody that looked like me, and I looked exactly like him, and wow. it was amazing. But then I felt very guilty that I had done that. Yep. Um, so I just went to the local phone box. I rang his house and told him that I'd been out the front. Yep. So, yeah, so I went back. I jumped in the car with him and we just went for a little drive. There was a lot of emotion from me, Yeah. a lot of tears. Um, yeah, we went to a local pub and funnily enough, when we walked into the pub, the bartender said to Tony, oh, you, oh how are you going or something? And he said, uh, oh, yeah, I'm here with my daughter. And to hear that, that was very bizarre. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's life-changing and it happens all of a sudden after a build-up. It's an interesting experience, isn't it? Very. So he gave me a lot of information then about my biological mother. Right. Um, he had approached her to tell her that he was going to make contact with me. Yep. Um, he had been 18 at the time. Uh, she had been 15. Right. Um, babies having babies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was not impressed about that situation. They had grown up in a very small town. Um, she'd been shipped up to Melbourne. But he gave me, he, he just told me how it was. I wanted yep. to know the truth. Yep. He said that his family, his parents wanted to keep me, but her parents wouldn't allow that. Okay. And that was pretty uh, typical for the time too. Yeah. It's still sad though. It really but is. But then again, you then again, you just don't know how that would have turned out either. No. Um, so I, I have had contact with her. Yep. Well, she, she, did, she did tell Tony that she definitely didn't want to have anything to do with me. Okay. Um, and that he wasn't to give her, wasn't to give me any information um, about her. Uh, yeah, which was sad in itself. Yeah, I had never, I'd never seen a photo of her. Nothing like that. Um, I suppose that spiraled me down a little bit. Even though I wanted to know the truth, the mm. truth did hurt. Mm -hmm. Because then I felt like it was like a second rejection. Yeah, and then. That whole abandonment and uh, not being good enough, and that you know feeling of you know not being able to be loved or worthlessness, uselessness, all sort of came back again. Yeah. Um, how did you deal well, with that? Uh, well, I went on to do a little bit of drug taking, um, and then I. Left that for a while. I don't know. In the in, in that time, I ended up getting married, and sort of things just sort of settled down again. Yep. And funnily, funnily enough, I married uh, a man from Scotland who was also adopted. So right. uh, we certainly had a, a a lot in common. Yeah. I, so I, I suppose I just kept the relationship going with Tony. As for Carol, my biological mother, I just I just left it because. Yep. I couldn't deal with any more pain. No. Uh, as time went on, though, 
once I had children, I found it very difficult to understand how anybody could give their child up. It was just beyond me. Yeah. Um, so I think then that's when I really started to want to know her more. Yep. Um, and through one of her nieces who made contact with me, we started to build not a relationship but just, you know, a few phone calls, met her, yep. met my biological mother's sister who was very kind, who was there when I was born, who okay. had helped me. Yep. Uh, so that relationship had started to build with the sister or my aunt. Yep. Um, but, again, it was never really talked about. She was 10 years older than my mother okay. when I was born, so she'd already moved out of home. Yeah. She had moved out of home when she was because her father was an alcoholic or their father was an alcoholic. Okay. Um, unfortunately or unfortunately, I've also got those genetics. So... Once I had my children um, and then my husband and I broke up, I took to alcohol. Okay. And very, very largely. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that alcoholism was genetic. I was just a little bit naive about that. But, mm. yeah, took, I took to it like, you know, duck to water. Yeah. Um, which did involved in my life for probably 16 17 years then i drank a lot right um i am in recovery now i've been sober for two and a half years congratulations that's Uh, really good news thank you so yeah i'm sure you know that the statistics of uh alcohol and drug abuse in adoptees is very very high yep too high way too high but in that time I did eventually meet her um, and I definitely had that fantasy in my head that it was going to be amazing. Right. And how was it? She, not amazing. <laughs> um, I met her with her sister. I have met her I think four or five times now over, over the last, say, 20 years. Yep. Um, she's quite a cold woman. Um, she doesn't give much. She's not, she doesn't show any emotion. The only times that I've met her has been with her sister. She will never right. meet me by myself. Okay. Um, look, it hasn't been a wonderful experience. Um, you know, I've sent her a few letters over the years to just try and bridge some sort of gap or start again. Or, yep. But she just she just won't be part of it, you know. But right. the times that I had met her, um, you know, I love her because – She's my biological mother, and yep. that's where I came from. But she she can't see that. She she just can't bring any barriers down. She won't show anything. Right. I guess so we that... were having some little like backwards and forwards messages through Facebook, and and then she just just shut down, and she just said, "I I just can't do it." Yeah. I guess I always try to analyze how different people. Uh, come to their decisions and how they act. I guess that's just me trying to unpack things. Um, it could have been her defence mechanism as well, just to, to shut everything out because, um, yeah, I'm just, just guessing there, I guess, but that could be her. Um, 
yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I guess it's something that would make you think over and over and over again, um, which, you know, doesn't help the cause, I guess. And, yeah, have you, um, has that relationship softened at all or is it still as it is? Yeah, so I haven't had any contact with her for probably, as in verbal contact with her, for probably four or five years now. Yeah. Um, it was her birthday a couple of days ago and I courageously enough put a message on her Facebook to say a uh, long time no see or speak, yeah. happy birthday. Yeah. And she did, she did acknowledge that, liked it and said thank you. So I don't know, small things, but yeah. I just can't see that. It can accelerate any further than what it has. Just, yeah. She just she just won't do it. She won't. She just went on and had another child. Got married, had another child. Um, was also involved in a very horrific um, relationship, verbally and physically, from what I've been told. Yeah. Um, she was also involved when she was very young, when she was only five, in a house fire where her little sister died, and there was a lot of blame there to her with match lighting and. Oh. So she's look. She's had a pretty traumatic life. Yeah. And then I feel like this is just as an adoptee. I feel that you know her life obviously changed when she had me, obviously. Yeah. But that she blames me for that because she's just such a shut down person. Right. But I can't talk to her because she won't. She won't. She won't allow me to have that conversation with her. Yeah. So I guess that doesn't help you much, but um, have you have you um, have you sought out different um, measures to help yourself get through the traumas? Yeah, absolutely. I have. Uh, yeah, really good question. So I've done all the counselling with lots of different people, but you know that can be a combination of both um, the adoption side and the alcoholism side. Yep. So twofold. Yeah. Um, I'm very involved in Vanish in Melbourne. Okay. And I attend a, I don't even know how I found found it. I was really in a desperate way a good few years ago, maybe five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, wanting that relationship with her. I, I actually... Um, contacted ARMS, which is Relinquishing Mothers of Australia. Okay. And and they put me in touch with um, Vanish. Yep. And since since then, um, I attend a meeting there once a month. Right. And you know where that they have different groups of ones that were for um, relinquishing mothers and adoptees. That has stopped since COVID because it was just too hard to do. But we kept the Zoom going and now we're all back to physical meetings. Right. Um, once a month. Do you find and the physical meetings better than the Zoom meetings? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's it's a really safe place. You know, we can yeah. share exactly how we feel, what's said there stays there. Yep. Um, the stories are different, but somewhere along the line they're also the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't see many in those groups and people come and go months and years and years like I've been going. But on the other hand, some just come and go or just want to listen, some want to talk, some don't want to talk. Um, 
but I don't see many positive outcomes, especially with biological or birth mothers. Right. Yeah. It. I guess. Um, yeah, they would. Yeah, I, I, I'm not obviously in a situation where I can uh, understand because I haven't gone through that. Um, being an adopted person myself, so I'm understanding of uh, this story on this side of the things and obviously trying to uh, help uh, everybody get an idea of um, the differences in the stories, but we're still all very, we're all, we're all talking from the same, the same road, I guess. We're all travelling a similar road, but we're in different lanes. That's where our stories are so unique. But there is that thread of similarity. Um, mm. So, yeah, how, how are things going now? Um, look, I just, well, obviously losing my father last year was really sad yeah. for me. Um, yep. That was the very first person um, blood-related that had been taken from me. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be able to go to WA many times. Yeah. And also over COVID and do the two um, isolation because I wanted to be be there with him. Yeah. Um, work from there, but you know the bonus of that is he also had, as I said before, two daughters and a son. After that, unfortunately, he lost his son just 12 months after I very first met him in a work accident. It's a real shame. Uh, which obviously affected him for the yeah. rest of his life as well. Yep. Um, Tony's wife of the three children that he had, who he was still married to when he died, yep. he also got her pregnant when she was only 15. Oh, right. Uh, so I have a sister that, or a half-sister that is only... 15 months younger than me, and then a sister after that that's 11 months younger than her. Right. And we are tight. Mm. You know, so that's that's the the bonus of that relationship that yeah. I have two sisters that I love and they love me. Yeah. And are they in WA? Yeah. Right. Yep. So well, I talked to one of them again yesterday. They kept me, you know, for like an hour and a half. We just have so nice. much in common, you know, besides that we obviously look alike, you know, yep. gardening and I can talk to them about anything. They kept me really involved when um, Dad was dying yep. of everything that was happening with his oncology, right. um, appointments, doctors, where he was at, his delirium, his medication. They were right. absolutely amazing. And they treat me like a sister. And that's a pretty good outcome, I reckon. It is. So yeah. with the negative, there's always a positive. And, yeah, yeah I really, really love them. And um, yeah, we will continue that relationship. Earlier on in our 20s, I suppose I was a bit of a novelty to them when they first met me because they course. always thought, you know, they were the two, only two sisters. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we, you know, all got married. We all had kids. We all had our own life. We were still be in contact, but nothing like it's been over the last five years. It's just been amazing. And that's what I suppose the bond of a sister is that I've heard all my life with all my friends. Yeah. I guess even uh, with, with COVID coming in, separating us all, it seems like 
that's also brought you girls closer together through different yeah, circumstances. Yeah, they're good girls, and yeah. it's just it's just amazing when I look at them, and obviously the physical appearance is the same. Yeah. Um, you know, my children have obviously met them lots of times because we're not that close in uh, proximity. Yeah. Um, or geographically, but we. Even when they've been to my place, you know, my kids will go, oh, my God, Mum, you know, that's exactly who you look like. Yeah. That's how you behave, your mannerisms, your expressions, you're all the same. So there's no doubt in my mind whether the, it's um, whether you grow up with people or not, you know, you, you, you are who you are. You can't change that. Yeah. Nurture versus nature. You, just, you can't deny. Yeah. And that's one other thing that pops up as a thread um, in our conversations is that nature versus nurture. Um, We are who we are through genetics. uh, And I think personally, I think that has a stronger pull on us than what we've been brought up with in nurture, but it does have an Mm -hmm. effect. I mean, that changes us. Our experiences changes, but I think the fabric of our being is born through genetics no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. And even when I look at, um, you know, my cousins through my dad's side that I yep. know, and, and I do know some from my mother's side as well, mm-hmm. we are just the same. You know, my son looks like my mother's nephew. It's just, you know, like one of my cousins. So it's just bizarre. And my kids obviously haven't looked like anybody either. And, of course, their father's adopted as well. So yeah, he doesn't know any of his background. Right. On my, on my mother's side, uh, she went on to have another son. Yep. Um, but I'm not allowed to make contact with him. Yep. Um, he does know about me because many years ago, here we go, many years ago I rang the house and told him. Okay. Um, which probably didn't go down very well. Um, but I did because I felt that he had the, the right to know that he had a sister. Yep. Um, He's probably experienced it. He, he also has some drug issues as well, massive drug right. issues. Okay. And um, I probably, when I look at it now, it's probably something that I don't really want to go down that path, even though we are, at, you know, biologically connected. Yeah. I, I really don't need any negative or um, <laughs> anything to do with drug or alcohol in yeah. my life now. I just need to stay away from that and just protect myself from all of that now. Absolutely. And you always need to make sure that you're, um, you put your oxygen mask on yourself first. You've got to look after number one. Yeah, which I didn't for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that now in recovery of looking after myself and it's best not just for me but obviously as it goes down the track to my children mm. and, um, you know, even family and friends that I have, it, it's a good way to be now. Uh, I suppose also in that time um, when I was younger growing up, um, yeah, I had two older brothers and a sister yep. since then. My, and that was part of when I started drinking. My husband and I broke up and then five months later my eldest brother suicided. Oh. And, yeah, and that was also the time that I reached out to my biological mother, Carol. 
So that was sort of like a five, six month period. So I see, I could pretty well pinpoint when my life spiraled down. Yeah. Yep. And it's, once you're on the downhill spiral, it's hard to stop. Mm. So yeah, it's not only that, you know, the, like my older brother, he, he obviously he left this world and then it leaves that next year. So yep. now his children are dealing with that and, yeah. you know, they don't know where that their grandparents are. So, mm. um, and even for my children, you know, they don't, having their, my siblings living in WA, they don't have anything to do with their cousins. So I, you know, I never fitted in with any of my cousins. Yeah. And now they don't have that relationship. They might see each other on Facebook and make a little comment of that, but, you know, they are so alike. Yeah. They, my, my kids and their kids are so alike, but. You know, it, it's not just at my era. It moves down another another whole lot of family then. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've come to understand as well is that whilst it directly affects our life, the well, it even started before we were born, the decisions made by our genetic parents affected our life and how we live. But not only us it's affected our children as well. Um, yeah. Probably not as significantly as us, but, um, you know, the, the, the it's their story as well. Um, and I was talking to um, my daughter the other day and we were talking about uh, adoption and I, I came to realise that whilst I might make a decision about the DNA um, search, uh, if, if I decide not to, she still might do that search herself, which is her decision, and mm-hmm. that still unpacks it. So it, it it's a story that goes down the generations. You're right, hundred percent. So my, my brother suicided. His daughter contacted me over COVID right. time, yep. not because we're not close in proximity. We're very close, but because we couldn't go and visit each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. She yep. just she decided to take that on board and um, got his records. And it looked like she never, ever had any other children. Okay. Um, but she got all the paperwork. She got all the documentation, but she just couldn't go any further. I don't think she could cope with that her yeah. father had taken his own life yeah. and then that she would have to reiterate that to somebody else. Yeah. If she met if she met the biological mother, she said, I, I just don't know how I could, you know, possibly tell her that or it's too scary. Yeah. And that's understandable too. And then my other brother, um, he contacted his mother, his birth mother. Yeah. And she never ever had any other children as well. But, you know, she adopted a child from overseas then. Right. So, you know, he's also got his little bit of issues as well. Hang on. Um, So his biological mother adopted somebody from overseas. Yes. Right. That would sting. Yeah, that does sting. Yeah, that's like putting on putting metho in a, a very cut in a, in a sore cut. Yeah, uh, and then my sister over the last couple of years, um, we tracked down her birth mother. Yep, she um, had died three weeks before we made contact. Oh, no. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. Yeah, um, but she didn't know who her biological father was, and through DNA. Um, and some really good people on some of these Facebook sites, they were able to identify who her father was. Right. 
So she sent a letter last year um, in about July, August, yep. but she hasn't had a response. So, but right. that's their journey, and yeah. they want to push that. You know, they, they'll push that. But we all, you know, we all got different stories. But again, they're all the same somewhere along the line. We we all suffer from whatever we suffer from. Yeah. Um, there is pain. There is trauma. Um, I think. I think about times when I've been on the holidays with Tony and his family, which has been quite regularly yep. over the years or met interstate somewhere. But, you know, when they talk about things about, you know, when they were kids and when they did this and when they were with their grandma, yeah. and, like I never had that. And there is a there is a form of resentment there. Yeah. Um, there is jealousy and there is envy and it, it's hard to get past. Yeah knowing I have a sister that is only 15 months younger than me and and I've talked openly to her about it right. and said, you know, what, you know, why did they keep you? Why didn't they keep me? Yeah. Is she full sister or half sister? Half. Right. Half. Yeah. Yeah. And it is hard to swallow. It yeah. is hard to swallow. But, you know, who knows what my life would have been like mm. in either family. If I'd have been brought up with his family, um, as as his parents wanted, you know, you find out that your brother is actually a father. Is that you know what is that going to do to your head as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think uh, there's um, yeah, there's some yeah, a lot of thoughts that go on, and when we're imagining, um, logic doesn't play a big role. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. And we can go on tangents and uh, things that would never have happened tend to pop into our minds. So it's um, it's a wild place, our imagination, that's for sure. Mm. And it's certainly not all rainbows and butterflies at the end. No, definitely. So thinking back. It is for some. Yeah. Well, I guess some people just do keep the fantasy alive. Um but, you know, that's part of life is that everybody's an individual and we all walk our own paths. Um, just thinking, if you uh, were able to speak to your younger self, would you have any advice that you would give to yourself? Uh, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose I probably should have got some counselling much earlier in my life. Yep. Uh, definitely had the courage to speak to my to my adopted mum more openly about it yep um that would be probably the number one and that we should have been should or could have been able to speak openly in our household right yep um i I tell you why i never did that is because mum and dad was so happy about the four children that they had adopted but in my mind, I always had that self-doubt that I was second best again. Right. Because, let's be real, everybody wants to have their own children. Yeah. And then if you can't have your own children, then that's second best to me. Right. That's just my thoughts. Yep. Um, Which is a bit harsh, I know, but. Well, that's how you've um, compartmentalised it um, and. Who am I to say whether that's right, wrong or indifferent? Mm. Um, if you're able to talk to somebody who's adopted and they 
are sitting there thinking, I've got some options in front of me. What do I do? How do I make these decisions? Um, have you got any advice for them? Well, the huge positive is the relationship that I have with my two sisters. I've yep. never had that connection or that bond with my own siblings that I grew up with. Yep. And so, yeah, there's pain on one side, on my birth mother's side, but on my birth father's side, it's great. It's wonderful. And I am them and they are me and I would definitely go down the track. I mean, not knowing is harder, I think, sometimes. Yeah, and that's where your imagination can go wild too. Yeah. Um, I think we I think we all have this fantasy that when you meet that it's going to be, you know, big hugs and yeah. tears and emotion. And, yeah, it probably was like that with Tony, but it definitely wasn't with Carol. Yeah. But every story is going to be different. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I would definitely go for it. And, and I've encouraged my sister that I've grown up with yeah. to push that a little bit. I said maybe that man didn't even know, you know, that he had a, a child or that he's partner at that time had a child mm. so you know that's a lot for him to process and take on board absolutely and i said i you know i would then you know maybe follow it up with another letter mm. um no definitely go for it absolutely go for it because that relationship that i've got with my two sisters saves me every day and i can be open with them and they also give me the negatives of of what it was like growing up with their, their dad yeah so, you know, it is good and bad on both sides. No, definitely a, definitely a positive side for my dad's side and, and I work on that and that's all I can do. If, if I can get something back from Carol in years to come, let's keep continuing it. But at least I knew where I come from. I've, I've, you know, I've got photos of her now. I've got some yep. connection. She hasn't deleted me from Facebook. So well, that's a positive. Uh, there's, yeah, it is. And she. I was going to say there's, there's biological brothers and sisters and parents that uh, – have blocked each other on Facebook. Yeah. So she hasn't done that. So maybe she still wants yeah. to see where I'm at or whatever. Yeah. Not that I ever put much there. She did wish me happy birthday back in January. Yep. So there is still, you know, a little bit of a lifeline there. But yeah. I, I just can't I just can't see how it can go any further. Eventually, you know, there was a death in their family, yep. um, in my auntie's family where I attended a funeral. Carol was there. It was awkward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I gave her a hug and, you know, I told her there and then, you know, I really need you in my life. Um, and she did make some a little bit of contact for a little while, but then again she just switched off. Yeah. It must be so hard for her. I can't even imagine what it is like for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I try and feel that for her. I try and feel what sort of pain it is for her for not having her child in her life, but I just can't. I suppose I just can't fathom that you wouldn't want to give that another go, even though I'm not a baby anymore that yeah. she had. You know, I am a grown adult, um, that she just wouldn't want to be part of that. And and of, and of her grandchildren's life, that as time goes on, it's just getting further and further apart. The road just divides too wide, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the road narrows somewhat for you. Um, Thank you. And, yeah, um, all the best for the future and um, and it's great to see and hear that you've got a positive relationship with your sisters. Um, yeah, so thanks very much for coming on the show, Katrina. Um, it's been
been a thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That was Katrina Lynch telling us her adoption story. Um, and as you can see, all adoption stories are unique and they have different outcomes and some are positive and some are negative and some are both positive and negative. And until next time, it's uh, bye from me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.